Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Wednesday, March 3rd. And Zdeno Chara is in the building for the first time since signing as a member of the Washington Capitals. He will be back at TD Garden to take on his old teammates, and we'll get into all that here in a moment. But before we do, let me remind you, the podcast, widely available, so whatever app you use, please hit that subscribe button so that you are able to get each new episode added to your feed to download, listen, and enjoy If you could also rate and review, particularly you Apple users, that would be very much appreciated. If you're on Twitter, the podcast is at LO Boston Bruins on Instagram, Locked on Bruins. And you can find me on both platforms at Ian C. McLaren. Uh, Hockey tweets, dad jokes, and the like, mostly on Twitter. And for those of you who have been following for a while, uh, you're well used to all of that. Now, yes, the Bruins will be back in action tonight against the Washington Capitals. It marks Zdeno Chara's first game back in Boston since signing with the Washington Capitals back in the offseason. Obviously, it will be an emotional return. Uh, Chara on Tuesday was saying how nice it was to be back with his family for a little bit. And uh, despite the fact there won't be any fans in the building Uh, There will still be some emotions running high uh, for everyone involved, players, coaches, management, fans, and it definitely will be weird to see Zdeno Chara playing in, uh, I guess, white, red, and blue instead of the black and gold. True to form, Chara said he wasn't disappointed per se that there'll be an empty building. Got to respect the protocols, respect the safety of all the fans and players and everyone working at these facilities. That's the most important thing. It would be great to have fans at the arenas cheering the players on, experiencing the energy swings during the games, especially an emotional one like this. But it's been quite some time, and they're kind of used to playing without fans. So for him, just kind of trying to create some energy, and uh, you know, it shouldn't be too difficult playing against his old teammates. It's not the first time. He's played against them, but certainly the first time back in Boston. In terms of what the Bruins lineup will look like, there's some players making their returns and one making his uh, Bruins debut. David Krejci will be back in the lineup on the second line. He'll be playing alongside uh, Nick Ritchie and Jake DeBrusque. I had the chance to ask him this morning during the team's Zoom availability you know what it's like having a big body like Nick Ritchie on the left side. He wouldn't go as far as to compare him to Milan Lucic, his old linemate. Uh, but, you know, just keeping it simple, getting pucks to the front of the net and hope that Ritchie uh, is there to bang in some loose pucks and uh, to create some diversions, perhaps even to get Jake DeBrusque the puck and get him off the scoring schneid, if you will. He only has, as we'll talk about here in a moment, one goal this season, none at 5-on-5. Matt Grizzlick will be back in the lineup. 
He will be paired on the second defensive unit with Brandon Carlo. Jacobs Borrell, Charlie McAvoy on the top pair. Uh, Grizzlick has been injured for much of the season. I think he's been injured in each of the last three games in which he has appeared. Very unfortunate, uh, but he said this morning he feels good. He's ready to go, and hopefully he can remain in the lineup on a consistent basis and kind of help not justify, but, you know, fill the hole that was left by Tory Krug. And uh, here in a moment, I get into some Bruins untouchables. I didn't mention Grizzlick on that list of guys who can't or shouldn't be traded. I think, uh, you know, if the right move came along for a big upgrade in the top four, you could include him in a package. But I think the Bruins really do believe in Grizzlick's abilities. And, uh, you know, I don't see them um, being pushed to add him in any trade packages anytime soon unless they were swept off their feet with an offer. Now, Jared Tenorti will also make his Bruins debut. He recently made the drive from Nashville to Boston after being claimed off waivers by general manager Don Sweeney. Uh, He's a big body. He will be the first player in Bruins history to wear number 84 uh, for the Bruins. And he will be paired with Connor Clifton on the third pairing. So kind of a big man, speedy man uh, pairing there. Tenorti will be counted on to be kind of a steady physical presence back on the blue line and in the defensive zone, not known for his offensive abilities by any stretch, uh, but kind of uh, taking on that role that has been vacated for the time being, uh, perhaps permanently by Kevin Miller, depending on his um, ability to bounce back from another setback when it comes to his uh, knee reconstruction surgery what else do you need to know well it looks like uh Tuka Rask will be back between the pipes after a strong game in net for the Bruins back on Saturday or Sunday sorry against the New York Rangers and I also had an opportunity to ask Bruce Cassidy about Zach Sinitian with uh you know DeBrusque playing on the right side as an off hand winger um he basically said Bruce Cassidy that uh, Sinitian will get a look at some point if he continues to play well in Providence. Generally, call-ups are mandated, not mandated, but caused because of injuries or trades. Of course, Andre Kostra is out of the lineup as a right-hand shot, but Cassidy effectively said what they are looking to do is get the best 12 forwards in the lineup on any given night, regardless of handedness. Bjork has more experience playing on the right side than DeBrusque, but he's getting the press box view again tonight as a healthy scratch with Corrali, Studnika, and Wagner on the uh, fourth line and the Oceans line, Frederick, Coyle, and Smith on the third line. Um, in regards to Sinitian, you know, he said they haven't forgot about him, but unless there's an injury or a trade, it seems like he's um, likely to remain in Providence for the foreseeable future. So I thought, you know, I've been teasing that on the podcast, trying to get that question in. And thanks to the Bruins media guys for calling on me to be able to ask that here this morning. I believe that's all you need to know in advance of tonight's game against the Capitals. And uh, let's get into the mailbag as well as some Bruins untouchables on the trade market. 
Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever, and with six new flavors, it's even deliciouser. Those flavors include caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake is my personal favorite. All their bars are covered in 100% chocolate and soft and easy to chew. They're gluten-free, which is important for me as someone with celiac. If you have a nut allergy, do take care to look at which ones contain nuts and which ones do not. Now, Built Bar is great for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in this delicious treat. That's because they're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet even. Right now, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON20. For 20% off at BuiltBar.com, you will not regret it. Today on Locked On Today, two teams in the NBA's Western Conference battled it out before the All-Star break. Will the Suns and Lakers meet again in the Western Conference Finals? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. Now, Wednesdays on Locked On Bruins, I open up the mailbag. And I'm going to do that again today with a couple questions that were sent to me uh, in recent days. I didn't actually put out a call for that. And that's because I wanted to talk about the Boston Bruins untouchables as we get closer to the trade deadline and even look towards the offseason. Who can't be moved, who shouldn't be moved, and who's available to be offered up on the trade market. Now, when it comes to who can't be moved, that comes down to contractual uh, stipulations. So if you look at Patrice Bergeron, he has a modified no-trade clause. The player can submit a three-team trade list that he would agree to go to. Not going to happen. The Bruins aren't going to approach Patrice Bergeron and say, which three teams would you agree to be traded to? It's just not going to happen. Brad Marchand, he also has a no-move clause. I believe that's a full no-move clause. He just simply cannot be traded. So he is under contract for four more seasons at $6.125 million. He's not going anywhere. Charlie Coyle also has a modified no-trade, no-movement clause. The player submits a 10-team no-trade list uh, from 2022 to 2025. It goes down to eight teams, and then from the 2025-2026 season, it's a three-team no-trade list. The only other player with a modified no-trade clause is David Krejci player must provide a list of at least 50% of the teams playing in the NHL as of the 2019-20 season to which he would accept a trade. If it's an odd number, then round down. So right now it's at 30 teams. So 15 teams being half. Those are the players who have no move clauses and therefore uh, you know, aren't likely to be traded anytime soon. Bergeron, of course, the captain. Marchand, arguably, you know, half of the heart and soul of this team. Charlie Coyle, they've committed to for a while through 2025-2026 at $5.25 million. Uh, he isn't going anywhere. David Krejci does have that clause, but he will be an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. 
uh, but I would be very shocked if they were to trade him prior to the deadline. Should be noted, Tugarask, no move protection in his current deal, which also expires at the end of the season, but I would be very shocked if they were to trade him prior to the trade deadline again this season. So there's five players that can't or won't be traded straight up. Core players for the Bruins at the moment in Bergeron, Marchand, Coyle, Krejci, and Rask. Now when it comes to who is untouchable, beyond that, I believe there's only two players that the Bruins would be foolish to trade, and that would be Charlie McAvoy and David Pasternak. Charlie McAvoy is arguably a Norris Trophy candidate this season. He's only 23 years old. Uh, His next deal will be pretty high, I would imagine. Right now, he's making $4.9 million through next season. Uh, But he's emerging as a legit elite defenseman at the NHL level. And the Bruins will be building their blue line around him for years to come. David Pasternak would be the other player on that untouchable list. 24 years old, already a... Uh, Richard Trophy winner and a Hart Trophy finalist. He's signed through uh, 2022-2023 at a very team-friendly deal. His next contract could be much larger as well. But those two players are my untouchables beyond the core guys who have no move clause or effectively tenure with the Boston Bruins. Rask, Krejci, again, coming off the books this summer. Their current contracts... So we'll see what their future holds. Apart from that, anyone is fair game in my books. Now, I'll qualify that by saying there probably are a couple players the Bruins would be very reluctant to move, one of them being Brandon Carlo, 24 years old. He's an RFA at the end of this season. He's already been given an A in recent games in the absence of David Krejci. The Bruins obviously value not only his play on the ice, very highly, but also his presence in the locker room, his leadership ability, and I believe whereas once we saw Krug and Chara, you know, locking down the blue line on the left side, the leaders on the team at that position were now transitioning to McAvoy and Carlo being those guys on the new look blue line for the Boston Bruins. Apart from that, Perhaps I would put Jackson Nika on that list. I would think they would be very reluctant to trade him as, you know, uncertainty surrounding Krejci's future. You can envision a uh, top three center mix of Bergeron, Coyle, and Stadnika as early as next season. I think they would be very reluctant to trade him, although I wouldn't classify him or Carlo as untouchable by any stretch. If they were to be included in a blockbuster deal um, along the likes of a Jack Eichel per se, then I would consider putting those guys in that package, uh, to be honest. But those two are as close to untouchable as any other player on the roster at the moment. Now, there are big questions right now about Jake DeBrusque's future with the team. Fluto Shinzawa posted an article uh, yesterday noting that Bruce Cassidy said Jake definitely has more to give. He's had pockets of real good hockey and other inconsistent moments where he's not playing to his strengths to affect the game. Turning pucks over on the forecheck, 
He's not attacking and getting inside the ice when he has the opportunity, when there's maybe a vulnerable D one-on-one, second effort around the net, not generating rebound opportunities. He said, I don't see Jake enough in the video after games, meaning he's not really doing much to stand out. Uh, Right now, he has zero even strength goals, albeit on a career low 3.3 shooting percentage. And Shinzawa quoted one NHL source saying he can see DeBrusque getting moved at some point. I don't think there's much argument right now for him to be kind of a key core building block for this team. Um, And I could see him being packaged at some point if things don't improve. Now, again, I mentioned his shooting percentage. His career average at 5-on-5 is 11.7%. Right now, it's 3.3. So if that were to bump back towards his average, then, you know, obviously we would see more goals going in the back of the net. But um, that secondary scoring that he's being counted on to provide just isn't there at the moment. Nick Ritchie has kind of displaced him as the number two left winger, a net front presence on the first power play unit. And um, yeah, Jake DeBrusque really has a lot of work to do in terms of proving his worth for the Boston Bruins. If not, then he could very well be shipped out at some point here this season or in the offseason. Keep in mind, he's only on a two-year deal at the moment, uh, so he will be an RFA again in 2022. And there's really no reason at this moment to commit to him long-term at big money. Speaking of Nick Ritchie, he may have put himself in the conversation to be removed from potential trade candidate list. He might be the only other forward that I would suggest the Bruins would be very reluctant to part with just because he is that big body. He's becoming an effective scorer. He's really a uh, Bruins type forward, as is Trent Frederick, I should add as well. He would probably be close to um, untouchable for the Bruins. There have been some rumors or reports that it would cost Frederick and McAvoy to bring Eichel to Boston. I'm a hard no on that stopping at McAvoy itself, but I would be very reluctant to trade a Trent Frederick who seems to be developing into a, uh, you know, Milan Lucic light, perhaps Tom Wilson, a guy who can score, be physical, get under the opposition's skin. So I would put him up there with Jack Stanika as a guy. uh, The Bruins certainly would be reticent to trade. So to recap the forward situation, Bergeron, Marchand, Coyle, Krejci all have no move clauses of some sort. They're not going anywhere. David Pasternak, clearly untouchable. And I would consider uh, Jack Stanika, Trent Frederick, and probably Nick Ritchie as guys the Bruins would be reluctant to trade. Everybody else on the table, including Jake DeBrusque, Anders Bjork, and there's really no other prospects at the AHL level that blow my socks off enough to call them untouchable at this point. On the blue line, again, McAvoy, clearly untouchable. Don't even bring up his name in trade talks. Brandon Carlo, probably up there as well. But everybody else would be on the table in my estimation. In net, Halak, Rask, both unrestricted free agents at the end of this season. I'd be shocked if either of them were to be traded. Uh, before the deadline, 
but there's real questions about if one or both will be back and um, so probably not an area that they would be looking to trade from uh, Jeremy Swayman maybe untouchable but um, you know it's a bit too early to make that determination I'd say that he is probably the goalie of the future for this team and uh, we could see him up at the NHL level as early as next season possibly uh, but maybe a, a year or two away yet BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. College basketball and the NHL are in full swing, as well as the NBA. Baseball is just around the corner. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They provide real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets. It's also free to sign up. Just head over to their website or use your mobile device to sign up for a free account, and you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Wednesdays on Locked On NHL, you can take a deep dive into the Western Conference with Sarah Evampato of Locked On Kings and Tom Gazzola of Locked On Oilers. They're looking at all the teams in the Western Conference, top to bottom, and giving you all the news you need from those two divisions. Locked On NHL has you covered on Western Conference Wednesdays. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get podcasts. That brings me to a mailbag question sent in from J underscore rock J T T J with a bunch of numbers uh, asks, can the Bruins move a healthy Kasha? I like our chemistry without him. I would rather give ice to our young guys. That's a great question. And I've been advocating for a Zach Sinitian to be recalled to play on the right side in Kasha's absence. Kasha is obviously currently on the uh, injured reserve list dealing with an upper body injury believed to be a concussion he's making 2.6 million this season he's an rfa he is only 25 years old when healthy i still think he can be a valuable contributor to this team i think they did well to add some depth on the right side with smith and kasha over the last calendar year or so um, i think it's too early to make a determination on uh, whether kasha can be a valuable member of the Bruins. I don't really like them bumping left-hand shots to the right side. I'd really like to see uh, him get an extended look on that right side with either Charlie Coyle or David Krejci. But again, that's dependent on his health, and that's the priority right now is getting him healthy and back in uh, the Bruins lineup, or, or any lineup for that matter, uh, if if he's able. That's That's the most important thing. The other mailbag question uh, was sent in, I believe, by Captain Trash 7 You think Grizz somehow wrestles PP1 back from McAvoy? Grizzlick, uh, you know, that was his supposed, not birthright, but, you know, taking that over from Tory Krug after he left to the St. Louis Blues, that left-hand shot on the blue line. I think that might be a tough order at the moment, seeing as McAvoy is just excelling in all aspects of the game right now. I think it would make sense to keep him there, although um, they might want to go back to that more traditional defenseman on the left side look with, um, you know, 
Krejci or Bergeron manning the point or at the bumper uh, spot. Pasternak on the other uh, point perhaps as well. So we'll see what happens here as early as tonight's game against the Capitals uh, with hopefully Grizzlick back in the lineup. Uh, thanks for those mailbag questions. I'll put out a formal call next week uh, for a more traditional mailbag, but I did want to talk about those Bruins trade candidates and who indeed can't and won't be moved uh, in my estimation. Let me know if you agree or disagree by hitting me up at ENC McLaren or at LO Boston Bruins on Twitter. Let's finish off with some news and notes from around the NHL. David Pasternak was named the East Division's Star of the Month for February. After a very strong run of play, he appeared in 11 games in February, recording 9 goals and 8 assists for 17 points in those 11 games. And again, we are very lucky to have David Pasternak in the mix for sure. Uh, what else is going on? Not really much relevant to our Boston Bruins, to be honest. So, uh, let's call it a day, shall we? I have been spending most of my time watching Yellowstone when the Bruins are not playing. Again, I cannot highly recommend that enough. I finished Season 5 of Superstore last night, and I will now be moving on probably to, uh, Parks and Rec, I would imagine. And, um, yeah, just, uh, trucking along here. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please do subscribe if you have not already. I uh, thank you so much for those who listen on a regular basis. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow to recap tonight's hopeful win over the Washington Capitals. Have a great Wednesday, friends. Talk to you later.